Alright, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Hobson. Ed Hobson, ladies and gentlemen. Ed Hobson is on the podcast today. Ukulelist extraordinaire. <laughs> you okay? I'm good. <laughs> good. So do you write a lot Hello. of do you write a lot of instrumentals? Um so I did, I didn't, and I do, if that makes sense now. Um I kind of, so I used to write a lot of instrumentals when I first started playing, um, and then, and, and so, so this that I just played that on is a baritone, and I generally play on a tenor, um, and I felt like I wasn't getting a full enough sound to do instrumentals live, and I kind of... I kind of started gearing my songwriting completely over things that I could completely replicate in a live setting. So I was writing to like expand my set list so that I had more original songs to do yeah, yeah. on time. Uh, that song, so I guess working title is like Warrior's Lullaby, kind of. Um, so the idea behind it... I mean, really, it's just like a melody that came to me, but something that I had been trying to work on that I think I'm putting that towards is there's this idea in Irish mythology of this um, fairy or god, depending on on uh, what time of history you're talking about him, called the Dagda. And he kind of invented music. He had like a magic harp that could play I, th I think different stories I've seen three or four different kinds of songs um and it was like one one can put you to sleep one will make you cry and one will make you like laugh uncontrollably with joy 
and I really liked the idea of like those are the three barest, simplest, like ancient melodies, and all of the music is built off of like yeah. those things, and just with what I've kind of been doing with my instrumental stuff, like really stripping it back. Um, that I I liked that idea. Like I liked the idea of having these like really simple but really potent melodies. So. Yeah. Nice. Lean back. That's cool. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's cool, man. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it was a really nice melody there. Where are we actually? Um, people are oh, probably we're wondering what this where this fire yeah. came from. <laughs> yeah, we're we're at my house in my little. Uh, homemade fire pit back here. You just grabbed some sticks together and threw this down for us. Yep, that's. I enjoy. Uh, I grew up in I grew up in the woods, and well, like basically as teenagers, we just went into the woods and had parties and made fires. So oh, cool. It's still very close to my heart. Just having a nice fire outside. Yeah. Okay, so you know exactly how to do all that. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably better than most people. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, it's definitely a role I like to take on at the at the campfire party. As soon as I see a fire, I'm like, I'm going to make that better. <laughs> nice. Um, what do you usually do to make it better? Just make it into a like yeah, nice just tower? Build it, yeah, just build it into a more... I feel like a lot of people just like throw a bunch of sticks, throw a bunch of like logs down and then throw lighter fluid on it and it'll like burn until the lighter fluid burns off and then go off. But it's... I don't know. There's something there's something very simple and like essentially human about just building a fire and then like sitting by it and watching it. And I've always I don't actually want this, but I've always been interested in the feeling of like like being in a situation where if I didn't build a fire, I would die. Oh yeah. And like I I would love to experience like that that feeling of elation of like actually getting it to to start must be so awesome and like just experiencing the warmth of a fire that you would die without has and it's not something that i really want to do right <laughs> because if i don't the fire, i'll die it's like a real life you must have loved that movie uh castaway uh castaway's okay yeah castaway's okay yeah, no. yeah. Okay, not exactly what you're looking for no, I'm not. I don't want to go insane. I want like one night. I don't want like. Okay. I don't want like the full the full treatment. Okay. So you want to get lost in like Yellowstone? Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to get. That's actually like I would love to get lost in Yellowstone, and like meet a wolf or something, like a nice wolf. <laughs> Make friends with a wolf for yeah. one night. Yeah, exactly. And I'm then tomorrow like, you get to go back into AC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'll see you later. When did you actually start playing music? Was it while you were living in the mountains and the forest and the woods? Um, you said mountains or woods? What'd you woods. say? Woods. So okay. I, I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up uh, in a town called Guilford that is uh, about 20 minutes outside of New Haven, which is like an hour and a half from New York City. So I heard New Haven had a like a, a pizza culture there. Oh, yes. New Haven has the best <laughs> I only know that because I like the one bite reviews on YouTube. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? New Haven, New yeah. Haven is famous for pizza. That's pretty much... Pizza and gun violence. They're all like all the pizza places are like like better than average. They're least. they're the best pizza places in the world by well, far. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. But I'm biased, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think I think that's pretty. Uh, no, pretty that's proven. actually right. Yeah, because uh, 
the guy who does the one bite review said that's the pizza capital of the world yeah new haven and i was thinking you know, of old forge for a second old forge is not it though that's the one that's slightly better than average new haven has it all eights all nines you know yeah well it's like i don't know it's a whole it's a whole different animal because they make the pizza to, like it's all brick oven and it's yeah. all super thin crust with like a focus on the toppings right more so Man, I just totally sidetracked the music conversation. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about pizza. <laughs> I just but, got excited about pizza. But New Haven has a cool music scene, too. Oh, I really? Mean, I mean, very small, but... But, I mean, it was cool to me. I Do they pay it. their musicians with pizza? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I just want to get back to pizza, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I've been paid in pizza at some point in my music career. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, you started there. Uh, what... Did you first start on the ukulele, or...? Um, so I first started singing in choir in, okay. s- in school. That was like high school in middle school. Okay. Um, we had like, we had like a competitive choir that was, took up a lot of my time and was really fun. And I think honestly, um, made more of an impact on me than I think. Um, cause then moving into like the next stage of middle school our accompanist was did i say that right accompanist 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 i don't know uh he was this old um jazz piano player named don trenner who he just passed away recently but he played with like every like any great jazz musician you can think of he he had played with them and oh wow like i think just being around a musician of of that caliber like looking back on it now, I think that had a huge impact on me. Um, I remember we did a concert where he brought in like, like a bass player and a, a horn player, um, and we did like jazz standards and and it was cool. So yeah, there there was like a real culture of music and arts in the town that I grew up in, and I'm I'm very lucky for that but as far as an instrument goes well i I played the french horn uh and i hated it and i was bad at it so that (laughs) is that but but the ukulele i basically basically i got a ukulele right before it became like the thing um before people started doing rap covers on youtube yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah (laughs) like like right before that i i basically um just wanted something affordable and small that I could accompany myself with uh, because I wanted to start writing songs and you know you can only go so far just singing them to yourself so yeah um, I saved up a bunch of change to buy it I remember I had a I had a box full of all my like quarters and nickels and dimes and stuff and I saved up 50 bucks to get my first ukulele nice and um how long ago was that? Uh, I want to say I was like 12 or 13, so like 15 years ago. Okay. Something like that. Um, and yeah, it was really like I wanted something that I could take on hikes with me mostly. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. Especially um, the cheap ones where you don't really care about breaking them. Exactly. And yeah, and I mean, they're pretty easy to keep safe. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's how that started, and I just kind of kept doubling down on it. It was it kept being like, well, I should probably like learn guitar or something. Like, I should, and I mean, I I can play guitar, I can play 
enough guitar, I wouldn't probably gig at this point with a guitar just because I'm not where I'm at. But I play enough guitar. Um, but I think I just kept doubling down because I like as I played it more, I got better at it and then I was just like well I'm not gonna start a whole new instrument (laughs) like I might as well just keep on with that and another big influence right when I started to play there's this guy named Jake Shimabukuru who is like of course yeah and he's like he's like he's like the Jimi Hendrix I think I first saw him on Conan oh really yeah he came out there and I think he did uh while my guitar gently yep. weeps which is that's, his hits right that's, that's his, his hit. that's the video that made him famous is him doing a cover of how that. do you say his last name again <sighs> don't ask me <laughs> I probably said it wrong <laughs> Shimabukuro Shimabukuro I, I don't speak Japanese so I probably said it wrong that's so a I Japanese last name if he ever okay. sees it yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but but he yeah I mean it was like I saw that video and I was like I've never heard anyone play any instrument like that oh, let alone yeah. a ukulele like that and that was like i want to be like him kind of deal and he was not super famous at that point and he happened to come through like this tiny little town hall a couple towns over from me like a couple weeks after i got my ukulele and i went and it was free and there was like 50 people there and it was just him on stage with the ukulele and it like blew my mind and then afterwards uh, I got the chance to like go up to meet him and talk about ukuleles and stuff, and he was like, "Never stop playing, brother." And, stuff. <laughs> and it just it had a big effect on me. Wow, it had a huge effect on me. It was yeah, it was like meeting. It was like looking back on it now because now he sells out stadiums and stuff. Like it was like meeting Jimi Hendrix as wow. a guitarist. Like, like he he is that to the instrument. Like yes, for sure, so, definitely virtuosic. Yeah, 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 and I mean. Just like anything and like any artist in general, I think I started trying to imitate his style. Um, And now I've definitely moved away from that. Uh, What's your style now? um, We got a little taste in that instrumental, but you like to sing too. I do like to sing too. So the instrumental and the singing stuff is is different. Um, But instrumentally... I don't play with fingernails, which I think is the big difference in my playing style between me and other like instrumental ukulele players is that they grow out their fingernails like a classical guitar player and play can play really fast and stuff and I sacrifice some of that speed for timbre and dynamics. I think I have more control over it with um, just using my fingertips instead of my fingernails. So my style's very like for for the instrumental stuff at least my style style is very um like gentle and slow and soft um whereas a lot of the instrumental ukulele stuff focuses a lot more on on speed and dexterity um so it's kind of like you know that Johnny Cash interview when they're like how'd you get this sound where you play you know, so slow and rhythmic, and he's like, well, we'd play it faster if we could. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So it's kind of, I, I don't know, you know, but <laughs> but singing-wise, I mean, it's, my two big influences growing up were, like, Irish traditional music and, like, folk music and then Motown and funk, 
so I, I I think my like my band's music and my originals, my lyrical originals, have a combination of like like the storytelling of like the storytelling and lyricism of the folk music with like the groove and rhythm motivated from Motown and, and funk music. Um, so I think that's where that is. Nice. But yeah, I, I kind of think of them as two separate animals at this point. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to do another song for us? Sure. I am not I'm out of breath and the sun is hot My eyes blown open by the breeze The sacred exhale of the trees But could I bring a peaceful moment To a burning concrete plain Crowded streets of lonely people Make me feel like I'm insane The lights turn red and I'm in pain Without her nothing here feels real I'll be a pilgrim to Sam's Hill Find the ancient Pequot soul Bring you back down to the land of the Seminole And try to bring a peaceful moment To a burning concrete plain Crowded streets of lonely people Make me feel like I'm insane The heart of Westwoods helps to ease my pain
All right. <laughs> Nicely done, bro. Thank you, sir. What do you like to sing about, man? You got some peaceful stuff going there. You like to bring the chill vibes, huh? Um, I like to bring the chill vibes, but also I have like rock rock rap songs about people killing themselves and stuff too. <laughs> like oh. like I like to bring I I like to express myself both ways in that way. And that's why I'm glad I have my band too. Um because What's your I band's do name? like uh my band's name is The Fly Casuals. You can become the third person on Instagram to follow us. <laughs> um we actually just recorded uh four songs and we're gonna start releasing stuff soon. Um but that's yeah, like like you said, like the chill vibes. I want to I want to separate the two things professionally and artistically for me. So to have under my name have that same chill instrumental and like light vocal perhaps vibe. Um, and then with the band, I can do my higher energy and more improv focused stuff as well because i you know i I like to express myself both ways and you know i like to sing a nice calm song like that but i also like to screech out some blues once in a while and okay you alchemize my pain into something yeah constructive okay yeah that's two totally different vibes so the fly casuals is for, for uh i mean it's still pretty chill vibes honestly but we do do a couple songs that are heavier and we we have that range of um that range of emotion and dynamic and and feel which is fun to be able to explore cuz like <laughs> i've I've learned how to do a lot with just a voice and a ukulele, but there still is only so much you can do with an instrument and a voice. So it's nice to to be able to bring all the other elements together. Because often, like that song, for example, um, I do... I don't know if we'll release the recording of it that we have, but I do do it with the band. And when I write a lo- song like that, I hear all the other parts. Mm. And it's it's such a good feeling to like have it all come together and hear it with the whole band and be like, oh, this is like the thing there it is. that I imagined. Yeah, exactly. You're playing with great musicians too. Uh, the drummer Craig, mm-hmm. Craig and uh, forget the bassist name. Bryce. Bryce. Bryce Hayes. I almost said I almost said Nate. And Dominic <laughs> Pereira and Guido Parente. So I don't leave anybody out. But yeah, they're all great musicians, and it's really, I mean, Bryce Bryce sees right inside my brain, which is great. I I can give him i can be james brown and just give him extremely vague direction and then have him do something amazing and take credit for it nice so it's really powerful when you have people around you who know how to bring your sound to life right i mean it just like it opens up a world for you oh yeah it's it's so nice and you lose that that frustration of trying to communicate with people who just aren't on the same wavelength yeah as you with it yeah do you think that have you ever played with someone who has a lot of experience but just doesn't understand what you're trying to do? Yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times. Because um, I, I definitely, a lot of times, and generally, what happens with that is, I'm just like, okay, this is your band, and I think of it as like, 
like if I'm not on the same wavelength as someone creatively and artistically, it a switch flips in my mind and I'm like, this is a job. This isn't me getting out my artistic expression. It's like, okay, if you want to be, you know, if you want this to be your direction, just tell me where to stand and what to sing and what to do. And, and you know, I'm still going to bring emotion into it, but, but yeah, I don't know. I've definitely, I've definitely worked with people in the past who just didn't get my vision for what it's supposed to be. And I mean, I think going back to school has helped a lot because I have learned better language to communicate what I'm thinking of with people, but I've definitely like, I definitely have gotten too comfortable at times being in situations where I'm playing with musicians who are on the same wavelength as me, who I don't have to effectively communicate what I want it to sound like. Um, and then I get with someone who isn't on the same wavelength as me and I don't have the vocabulary to like explain it. And sometimes it's just like, sometimes you, sometimes you need to compromise and things will get better. And sometimes it's just, you know, you're not meant to work together, mm. which is cool too. Cause like there's a lot of different things that there's a lot of different needs that people have with music. So, yeah. So what is the, uh, what is your projection? What is you? What is you? What you is. is. You? Uh, <laughs> what you is. What I'm trying to ask is, in a very eloquent way, what is your goal in your career? Where do you want to be in five <sighs> years, ten years? Um, you want to be at Madison Square? <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, no. hopefully, yeah. maybe, maybe. I don't hopefully know. Hopefully, post pandemic, you can yeah, play in yeah. front of someone. You know. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's kind of how I feel right now. When you say that, it's like, man, I just like to play anywhere. <laughs> like, Honestly, like I've played a I played a couple places, but it's like every time I've played, I've been like very hesitant about it and it's always been a situation where i'm not advertising it because i feel how i justify it now and how i feel okay about it with the pandemic is like if someone hires me to play somewhere and there's already going to be people there i will show up and play for the people who are already going to be there but i'm not going to go out of my way to put on an event or like promote something because then i feel responsible for creating a gathering of people but yeah goal wise I really I'm really just in love with the process of writing music and then manifesting it and making it into a real thing and performing music um I still love performing music but really the writing and recording of it is what I've fallen in love with um so goal wise as far as my career goes, I just want to find a way to continue making it possible for me to go through that process and not have to worry about eating <laughs> that, yeah. that day. So I, I would really like to, you know, dream, dream career. I'd really love to write music for movies and for theater. You know, I've got ideas <laughs> for, uh, for crazy big productions and stuff like that musicals um, yeah i would love to write musicals that's oh. that's kind of where i kind of skipped over that part when i was talking about my history before but i i oh. was a big theater dork really in high school yeah mm. okay yeah and i mean and then i i went to school for a semester for a musical theater and 
found out that I liked doing drugs and drinking more, so uh. I ended up <laughs> failing out uh. within one semester. But, but yeah, that was like that was the thing. That was that was the thing I would I did. Now you're drug free. Then. I'm drug free. Yeah, three years as of two days ago. Wow! Congratulations Thank, for thank that. You. That's awesome, man. It's a big uh, it's a big deal. How's it? You feel like it's gotten a lot easier over the years. Staying sober. Yeah. Um. Yes and no. Um, it's definitely gotten easier since the first year. Uh, <laughs> the first year is really tough, but I, you know, I do twelve-step groups and um, and so there's. I know the process to go through to stay sober. Now, it's not like I'm any less of an alcoholic or a drug addict now than I was then. I just know what to do to keep that at bay um so yes it has gotten easier in that sense uh like the obsession is gone but it's still it's not it it it, it's never gotten to the point where it's like a non-issue like Mm -hmm. it it takes constant for me for this drug addict it takes constant maintenance to be able to maintain my sobriety it's not just something where it's like oh well you know it's it's not like it's not like here's my addiction and here's and here's you know where i'm at sober and i'm getting further away from it it's really like a parallel line where i get better at maintaining myself being on the right line but if i take one step or maybe two steps if i take if i take a couple steps off of that right pathway i'll be right back where i was it won't be like it won't be like a slow progression back into me being Uh, where i was before um which is cool i mean and that's something that has changed is just knowing that now that's something you learn by being around other addicts by being in 12-step programs and you know i went to rehab i went to therapy all of that um which is great. It's it's really like once you learn those kinds of things about addiction, then that that makes sobriety possible. But but yeah. Wow. So do you have any like for musicians? Do you think there's something unique about the way musicians approach drugs and alcohol addiction and whatnot? Any. Do you think there's something that you had to deal with that was maybe a little bit different than others? Maybe just being around it more. Um, well, I think there's a lot of crossover in the way an addict's brain works and a way a musician's brain works. So I think that there's a lot of crossover in that. But it really is, at the end of the day, um, you know, obviously there is access to drugs and alcohol and stuff within the music world that is just something that is inherently connected with the places that we play music and you know we play music at bars and stuff at night where people are drinking and people are doing drugs and but really I'm not going to be the kind of person that looks for like a cause and effect as to why I am the way I am because there is a genetic component to it there is a spiritual component to it um but but yeah I, I think you do see a lot of crossover with creative people and 
and addiction. Um, what is it about creativity that makes you want to lean on that stuff, you think? So for me, I feel like it's just like a negative manifestation of the same need to like get out of get out of my head mm. um, and having this like, you know, constantly running, ticking inner monologue going in my head saying whatever things it wants to about me or whatever and I think I have a need to create but I can silence that need with drugs and alcohol and sex and etc etc which is why when I did get sober I started writing on and creating a lot more because I realized that's that that was like there was a spiritual essential spiritual need that I had that I was filling with shitty filler substances you know yeah um something people say is like I had I had a god-shaped hole in my heart that I was trying to fill with drugs Mm mm-hmm um so yeah it's it's hard it's hard to put it all into words right now cuz it's it's like usually when i'm talking to someone about addiction it's like at a 12 step meeting with someone who knows all the yeah knows kind of the the main deal of it but there is something essential to being an artist that like having that hunger and that need that's very similar to being an addict Hmm. on a brighter note what's your favorite musical (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um geez i don't know why south pacific came to my mind first because it's not south pacific (laughs) but i do like South Pacific. i mean it's Um, a fun one i guess i do like (laughs) as far as modern musicals i do really like hamilton i'm not gonna lie i feel like that's something you have to say like with slight embarrassment now because of how hard people stand it (laughs) but um but no jesus christ superstar what am i thinking of course yeah i love jesus christ superstar the the album the movie i saw it live with um ted neely the the guy who played jesus in the movie and he was like 70 when i saw him play it still being jesus oh really (laughs) yeah and it's just like it's so funny because it's just like obviously jesus isn't supposed to be 70 in the story (laughs) but you're just kind of like yeah we let him do this like wow we'll we'll let it slide with him it's like a like a legacy feature of the musical (laughs) yeah 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 he's just that's just what he does now like he just is jesus christ superstar wow and what kind of musical would you write so I would really like to write something something like that or something like something where it could be like a concept album that lives on its own that you could then expand into being a, a musical. I've, I've always had this idea of, so there's this um, British Celtic queen named Boudicca who like, led this rebellion against the Roman Empire and like burned down a bunch of towns and and like like was very successful for a little bit and then got epically destroyed and I've always wanted to like bring that into like a super epic Les Mis type yeah. type uh 
type like rock opera kind of kind of thing like very heavily lyrical and like and i've always had the idea of like having something similar to jesus christ superstar where it's very band heavy like it's very rock Mm -hmm. heavy and then have the band be on stage and have the music and the musical kind of blend together Mm. like that okay that sounds like fun yeah yeah and and i mean as far as my music goes i because i kind of avoided your question about goals um (laughs) so recently i put out i put i i put out an album of all instrumental stuff with just using the baritone or actually i i did use the the tenor to play lead over one track but but it's really been gaining some traction on spotify and people seem to respond to it so i'd I'd really like to just continue to make content like that throughout my life as well and have that that um lane of like just calm relaxation music because that's really something that i never performed really that something was always central to like music and the instrument to me was just playing quietly to myself as like a self-soothing relaxation kind of thing and being able to bring that and have it actually be something i can present now is cool and like that that's something i'd like to continue doing is just creating content like that and i mean that's really like that really my goal is to just be as prolific as i can with creating content like i just want to make a million different songs and different styles and you know i want want to do everything i can with it which yeah is not very (laughs) is not very focused goal but that's that's what i want to do you know i think you can do it man you want to play another song for us sure Like the sunset songs of chickadees in the trees She sings to me quietly and divinely Like a first school dance romance I took a chance, I touched her hands gently More than friendly Put her face 
her taste Oh, well There goes that snowy road before us And honey, I'm not playing any games She serves the Lord Man lives in the forest And he's the same although We call him different names everybody thanks for showing up today man thanks, thanks man. for letting me come over and do this with you thanks for the conversation yeah man thanks for uh thanks for having me and thanks for coming over yeah where can they uh, find you social network oh you can find me ed hobson music on instagram and facebook and tiktok and just ed hobson h-o-b-s-o-n don't forget the b people i swear <laughs> i swear i've gotten checks with a v or a p instead of a b i'm like Damn. okay <laughs> um but yeah, you can find me on Spotify, on Apple Music, iTunes, whatever. Uh, I'm out there. All right. Thank cool. you, man. That's it.